Here is a reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. See? More games. Don't pour sulfuric acid on your genitals. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I didn't truly are. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and I keep getting funnier every single time this I see This is the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys care to comment? What do you mean, like, fine, shit? On utilitymuffinlabs.com. Welcome to another episode of Nerd Words. My name's Nathan. And I'm Bob. And I just... Je m'appelle Robert Baton. Welcome, Robert. Tonight, today, this evening, we're doing a review of the, uh, what, do you, what do we call that? The pre-alpha, the V5 pre-alpha walkthrough, right? We would call this this, yes. It is called The Last Night. And um, from what I understand of the history of this pre-alpha walkthrough, this scenario from June, it was presented at the uh, White Wolf... Berlin by night convention. Um, basically, the big unveiling of V5, all that stuff. Um, so this takes place in Berlin. And what are some words you would describe to use this? Uh, what are some words you would use to describe this playthrough? That's a daring way and elegant way of saying, Bob, stick your head in the noose. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people hate this. I'm going to say that. A lot of people immediately didn't like this. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. There's a lot of good content in here that lends credence to the fact that when the canon updates, there's going to be some big changes. Right. And I enjoy that because we don't want to... Hmm. My personal feel is, is that for a long time, even going to V20, you didn't update it enough. No. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I definitely... I can get behind that. So so going a vast change to make you feel like a different game to call it V5, finally. You know what I mean? Right, right. Here's that feel. Old gets updated, out with the new, in with or out with the old, in with the new. Let's see what it looks like. Right. And what I liked about uh, Berlin by Night that they kept is off the bat they tell you what happened to the former two princes, you know the East West Prince thing going on, right. and then a new guy steps up, and then they hint to what was in the city in this scenario as well. Right. And that's really what this is. It's giving you a chance to play the rules and right. something hot and fast that's familiar. Right. But then it has uh, seeded. Right. It's it, I call it a. a this is basically a Sizzler video if you're looking into a new product that's coming out. You know what I mean? But you're playing through it. Right. So as far as the actual scenario is concerned, my takeaway, just looking through it, and we'll get deeper into it, but just my initial gut check response is it's hard, it's fast, and it is potentially very lethal. There are a lot right. of things in here that are telling the tale of vampire for the modern day. That things like terrorism, things like bombings, these are things that occur. When we look at like the recent history in Europe, especially, there is a lot of really terrible things that have happened that are religious in nature, that are um, extremist, that are you know terrorist, and this is a reflection of that. Because again, Vampire the Masquerade is not an exact copy of our world. It's not, but it's a darker, more cloistered and it's kind of like a worse dirtier version of our world right and if these things are what's happening especially uh, you know on a european stage these are the things that are going to pepper this game 
technology, the major, major advances in technology over the last 20 years, it it's very difficult to tell this game without making a, a, that a note like here, these are things that have changed. There's instant communication. There's things like Twitter. There's things like Facebook. There's things that, where as soon as something happens, boom, it's on your screen. Now, um, a little bit of background for this. Um, they talk about uh, nocturnal Berlin having a turbulent recent history. Uh, for half a century, the city was defined by a conflict between two princes. The unrepentant feudal, feudal Lord Gustav Bredenstein uh, in the east and his chilled Wilhelm Waldberg. So we talked about this on our other podcast. Berlin by night. Right. Berlin by, by night. I am sorry. I'm like completely stuttering over my words. Um, then they talk about uh, after the famous debacle involving a treacherous elder masquerading as Cain himself. Gustav fell victim to a terrifying blood plague that swept through the city. So let's look at this. Let's break this down. This isn't something that we're like, we're doing different from our traditional, right? Right. This is something we get to talk about a nerd word and say, hey, what's the value of this? Right. I'd, I'd like to digest it in that fashion because off the bat, we did a podcast where you listen to Berlin by Night. Right. We've updated it in three sentences right here. Right. Right. Is what this module does. We remember that Gustav Brennenstein was this tyrannical asshole. Right. Who was Very coming much through so. doing it. And, he, and an idiot. He tried to control <laughs> with an iron yes. fist and he took on a firing squad like a moron and damn near died, was saved, and then ended up owning all, owning all the old Bruja, right? Right. Which was a testament to the Anarch power that was already there. Right. But then you had Wilhelm Waldberg who said, hey, hold, hold back, Anarchs, chill out. I'm going to run this city like a normal camera, little prince, allowing you indulgences and indulgence over here. What we didn't know that this says there was Sabat in there too. Right. In that mix. And. I think this is hysterical. Blood, blood plague comes through. And something vaguely I remember, the trilogy of the blood curse, mm -hmm. right? This was a, I believe it's a hint to the series of novels. Yeah, no, they, it absolutely that is. They had. Yeah. And uh, in, that, in that novel series, it was kind of, it was chaos, mm -hmm. you know, of, of events that happened. And yeah, that takes care of Brennenstein. But I like how Willem Wahlberg was like, you know what? I wanted to be Prince, not fucking now. Right. I, I can't, I can't function without my, the other side of the coin to, to fight against. How could he? Because he no longer had a guy to go, that dude's stopping me from doing all that shit. You got, hey guys, I really want to help you out and right. give you what you want. I can't because, you know, psycho. Right. But I'll put him in check. Right. No, no, yeah, team. absolutely. And then the moment he's gone, they're like going, so we get everything we need to. He goes, you know, you would, but my plane's late. <laughs> Figure it out. Eat everything, man. Yeah. You know what? This isn't all it's cracked up to be. So then a uh, Malkavian prince, Abraham Wolf, takes power. And under Wolf, the last remnants of the Sabbat leave Berlin. Uh, some joined the growing ranks of the Anarchs. Others went east, called to the Crucible of the Gehenna War. Now, I don't have a clue what this is about. But the Gehenna War sounds fucking badass. Right. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it sounds bad. It, By inference, if the Sabbat had a choice between swelling the ranks of the Anarchs or going to a Gehenna War, that must be that they just up and centered. It's on. Right. They went from trying to take cities to straight up finding where people were. And in her laying waste. Yeah, who knows? You leave a comment, listener. You, you'll know right. better than we do. Um, during this time, the Church of Cain became popular among kindred looking to fill the spiritual void of eternity without succumbing to valdery and aggression. Again, Church of Cain, not sure if that's a new thing. Is that a new element? It absolutely is a new thing. Right. Church of Cain wasn't talked about. The Gehenna War for the right. Shabbat, not talked about right. yet. These are things to come. Right, absolutely. So these are things that they're going to update us with in the time since 
the game was revised. Uh, the cult gained some acceptance as Wolf remained a vocal Christian prince throughout his short rule. In 2010, Waldberg, the good guy prince <laughs> to, to uh, uh, Gustav, uh, comes back and uh, apparently he re-seizes power. Um, well, he declared the Anarchs risk to the Camarilla. Right, right, and excludes them from court in Elysium. Since then, his rule has become more and more similar to that of his sire under the mismanagement of him and a corrupt and divided primogen. The city's Camarilla has become weak and unable to maintain power. But as the threat of revolt looms larger, a more deadly storm is brewing. Disorder in the kindred world means risking exposure to the second inquisition. Again. An another idea we're, we're going to learn about um, a little bit in this module anyways. And the wrath of the mundane world as the anarchs attack, uh, anarch attacks are framed as terrorist threats by an ignorant mortal world. So this, this talks about, you mentioned the events that are going on with more terrorism and everything else. Right. And it seems to me a canny group thought it'd be a smart idea as elders to turn the mortals against the anarchs. Right. And those who are, you know, would be in the thick of it causing problems. And in truth, they are. They're out in the open, right? They're the ones most likely have involvement of it. And you got to have elders who are like, I'm so secretive and behind closed doors. Go ahead and let you fight because it's exactly what they did the first time. Mm -hmm. Those who are really in power, you never saw them on a battlefield. Right. But they pushed everybody else to the front and let them get buzzed down so the mortals got sick of it and moved on. Definitely. But I'm curious, and why this got me excited is, that was back when we were in, like, chisel days. You know what I mean? We were chiseling tablets some letters. This shit, like you said, we got Facebook, internet. How are you going to convince the populace that vampires aren't real when there's going to be so much? Like, you risk the second Inquisition recording so much. Right. It's not going to go just that organization. Right. Well, I'm, it, it strikes a, a large curiosity in me because I've heard this, this sort of rumbling about the second Inquisition. And... um. I don't know exactly what it means. I have a general idea, but I'm curious to read about, is this an event that's shaping the world? Is this the group, the Inquisition? Right. You know, what exactly does that mean? That's true. It could be just another Inquisition, but at the same time, right. it's tasteless. Right. You already have an Inquisition. And, and why would you be so boring as to call it the second Inquisition? Right. Well, you know, that begs the question, well, then what happened to the first? Or is this a new rise? Then, right, you could call it the the rise of the Inquisition. You know right, I mean? or, right. You know, it was gone. It's up now. There's there's a lot. Right. There's a lot to keep that exciting. Right. Now, one thing that I can tell you from reading through this, apparently, these second second Inquisition folks, they're kind of badass. Yeah. <laughs> so we start off learning that essentially over the course of a night, there is an anarch uprising. And in fact, it even takes the Anarchs themselves by storm. So the city of Berlin is apparently plunged into chaos. Now, how this uh, breaks down, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I may have read it a little bit wrong. I just, you know, kind of breeze through it a little bit in certain areas. Your, the player characters that are going through this, this module, they are all part of a coterie. And that coterie are individually bloodbound to one figurehead in the like basically the head of the coterie so uh, they talk about here that if you've played enlightenment in blood we haven't don't be afraid to adapt the scenario to fit the outcome of the larp or just embellish it with your experience we, we don't we ain't got none of that so we embellished for this we just <laughs> right 
Now, the the, uh, the important thing about the coterie, though, like the Anarch Uprising, mm-hmm. in and of itself, the coterie's not Anarchs. No, no, it, yeah, of course, that's that's yeah, it was that's where I was going with it. Is it well, right? No, I'm just saying, like the four down along. The interesting part is, though, you're in a coterie, though you are blood bound to one person. Individually, you don't know. You've about been it. torturing Anarchs, right? That's what Berlin's been doing. The Primogen and have have had this elite crew in the Camarilla, which is also what a lot of people didn't like about the Camarilla. And I got to say this for official. If you thought the Camarilla was somehow morally better than the Sabbat, you were not playing the game. You no, haven't been reading, right. and you're not playing the game. And I'm going to state that boldly. Throw your hate mail at me. I will cite sources. We can have at that. Right. But the point is, everyone has a humanity scale. The Sabbat embraced their inhumanity. The Camarilla hid theirs. But it was still there. That inhumanity was real. Mm-hmm. There were salons where elders would invite in pure, innocent, mortal virgins to take turns whacking in the head and forcing it to bleed so they could revel in their beast one night behind closed doors and then not do another one of those types for the next two years. Right. You know, better than having them indulge themselves repeatedly to, you know, break the masquerade, whatever you want to call it. Now, that's just a throw-in ad hoc off the top of my head cruelty, but by no means is that the worst thing that has been done uh, as Cameral Elders. They are vampires. They are monsters. So knowing that, understand that when you look at this and you hear about the Cameral Elders torturing anarchs just treating them like shit um second class citizens feeding from them treating them like they're they're cattle to feed from and throwing them out about their way don't come to elise because we said so and a lot of people were like and i remember reading this too where they're like i can't believe it this isn't right. the camarilla i played right you don't get to do that the anarchs would just would beat my ass sorry no, answer no they wouldn't not in berlin that's the key thing to remember here maybe in your city where you're playing your character not in berlin in Berlin, they outline it. You had an elder feudal lord who ruled with an iron fist who, in before this uh, little playthrough or the new alpha test, Berlin by night was assumed Wilhelm was the only check and balance like we said in the beginning. Right. So if that's the case, they, they have what? Double everything. There's right. got to be a Western Permission Council and an Eastern Permission Council. And we know who Bet Gustav is a series of Bruja elders right. who sat there. But, that, but then somebody... For them to be on top and be considered in power, someone has to be on the bottom doing the work. Well, and then we we know that for a, a short period of time, this dude packed up and, and left. Right. And, and who knows where he went, what he did, what happened. And this Malkavian came in and as crazy as he was, he was like, come on, let's figure it out. Let's unite. You know, let's let's close these borders. Let's get everyone together. And then. Wilhelm came back and was like, nah, peace out, dude. Uh, I got this. <laughs> and he fell into the patterns of his sire. Had to. Right. When he was there, he right. had negotiation. When he came back, this dude's in power. He had to be as tyrannical as his sire to force everyone to dance to his tune. Right. Or he couldn't get anything done. Right. No, absolutely. So where we get to here, we're talking about the the mood. And one of the striking things that they mention here is that it's a, a scenario is about a fall from power and the mood is desperate survival. So what you're going through in this walkthrough, your characters as players, it's you're, basically there's peril around every corner. There is a high potential of death here just in mundane interactions. For certain, for certain. And at the very end of it, they say, you know, uh, survival for the player character should come with a certain guilt. And the question, did these characters really deserve to survive? And what that tells you, what we talked about at this point, 
My point about this and why I think this is a good scenario because it's even historically inspired. It's basically the French Revolution. Right. You went from being nobles, but not so high up. You know what I mean? Like you were just at the cusp of being considered noble and you were like the almost near do wells. You got invited to the parties to check it out, but you weren't eating the cake at the table. You still got your slice, no matter how small it was near the end, but you still got a slice is the point. And to make yourself feel better, you shit on those beneath you. Yeah. But those people remembered, and when the revolt came around, whether or not you died was a decision made. And this is exactly what this is talking about, that without the powers that be above protecting you, suddenly you have to pay, you got to pay the bill. And who knows? Are they going to make you pay? Absolutely. It's a matter if you live through it. Now, uh, we start off talking about the Coterie, which we'd mentioned earlier a little bit. Essentially, there's a Malkavian of the 8th generation named Andre, and Andre has this hunting Coterie. And they talk a little bit about Coteries here and like the, the loneliness of a vampire, and it gives you a, you know, a good understanding of why vampires bunch together in Coteries. Uh, but this particular coterie is a hunting coterie. Now, Andre has made it a point to sort of dole out his blood um, like it's going out of style, essentially. Yep. And every one of these members of the coterie are blood bound to Andre, even though they don't know it individually. They don't know each other are bound to him. Um, and it makes for some interesting interactions. They talk about like... Uh, the jealousy that can come from trying to please this this character. And basically, some bad stuff happens, right? Shit breaks loose. There's a, there's a, a revolution, an anarch revolution here. And so now your characters, these members of the Camarilla that belong to this hunting club, they... Shit breaks out. Shit breaks loose. And they all start to have these urges to find Andre. Uh, and it's not, you know, they, the way they describe it, it's not just like this instant overt feeling. It's just like this rising feeling of dread. Well, you remember the modern, that's, I just remembered, remember there's a bombing. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's an explosion and it's at right. his haven. Right, right. It's where they know to be his haven. Right. And they don't know what the outcome of that was. And it's basically the players have no idea that that's the start of the revolt. Right. That's, that's ongoing. And um, so then now they have this desire to go find him, go track him down. The problem is there are some key factors working against them. One, they're members of the Camarilla. And apparently the Anarchs are in take no shit mode. Uh, they will hunt you down and they will kill you um, because fuck you, your Camarilla. How you've treated us, you know, whatever caused this revolt, whatever brought this action um, to a head. Things have broken down. Communication has broken down. And, you know, it's rioting in the streets. There's fires. There's looting. Things like that are going on. Uh, They start to hear, you know, the news uh, stories about the terrorist activities. And that's a pretty frightening scenario to be in regardless. Um, But in addition to that, there is this second inquisition. And they've tied themselves to basically the German version of the NSA. And, you know, they're kind of like the Secret Service wrapped into one. And um, they're pretty adept at hunting down and killing vampires. They use modern technology to do it. And so your characters now have to make their way to this club. I think it's called the Golden Gate, right? Uh, 
and right. it there's the buildings on fire. There's all kinds of stuff going on, but your characters are urged by that bond to go find your regnant, to go find the person that you're blood bound to, the person that you love. And what's and what's interesting about that, and you started to touch on it, a lot of people have asked us about the blood bond. Like, what is it? How does mm-hmm. it work? What goes on? Bottom line, the book defines what a blood bond is, one through three, as far as V20 goes. We don't know what it looks like in V5, no. but let's assume it's the same thing. What I like about it, though, is it describes the emotional feel that's to it. Clearly, you, you can sense that someone's in danger or that something has happened to at least worry you. Right. You should go check on them. You have a need to go see what's going on. This isn't something like a presence power pulling them to him. It's one of those things that they want to go investigate because right. they're drawn by that emotion. Right. Because they have a false love. And there's, you know, flashes of danger. Like, you know, it's almost like getting like dream sequences. You know, you don't exactly know what's going on, but you know something bad's going on and you want to get to that person. And who hasn't done that? Who hasn't had a, someone show up, you know, your, your lover's late getting home from work and you have those silly flashes of paranoia or what have you. Mm-hmm. It, it's dependent. We've all right. experienced it. And I, and I really feel that's what they're trying to hammer home. It's the same thing. Um, but someone said like the, the weird power that Bloodbond has, similar to presence or whatever. I just wanted to check that. Right. That's all I'm doing. I mean, they write it well enough for you to get. No, it's they're worried. Right. Sure. And then, you know, additionally, we're working with an alpha playtest. You have to remember, while this is probably going to be, you know, canon in, in their world as far as like this this whole revolution, it's it's to give you a feel and an idea of what they've provided so far in their pre-alpha playtest. We have to remember that. Right. So this is going to be a little bit more extreme because they do want you to work through combat. They want you to work through utilizing some of these powers. As, as I see it in this module, they took the, the complex things that slowed game down and they challenged their rules with this alpha play test, right. which is the point of right. an alpha play test. And they put it in as many hands as possible, which is why they were free right. for everybody to print, play the characters, see what you think, and then get back to them because that's what they did. It was an open form. Take a survey. Get back to them your comments about what can make it better. Be constructive. So yes, this this playthrough is a violent scenario to showcase what that's like. There are multiple opportunities of feed for you to get used to that new blood system, um, which isn't it isn't there. There's no blood pool, but there is a feeding system. Right, and then they unique. also they also show you examples of, and this is a whole new scenario of what benefits the blood can give you based on who you're feeding on. Yep. So that's a whole new scenario. It could be very interesting. And, and it's weird. It's weird because I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to throw a name in the bus here. He said, you know, I don't know if I like that hearing it off the bat, but when you break it down, mm-hmm. when you read it, essentially it's giving the storyteller carte blanche to say it clearly matters a person's experiences in life, right? The case in, or the person's experiences in life will dictate the benefits of feeding from them. Yeah. Case in point, they have uh, off the bat this uh, Harika Demir. She's age 30. She's Sink's daughter. She's happily works in this place, carries a baby on her hip. She's hopeful, charismatic, and in love. Strong emotions she's feeling at this point in her life. Feeding from her gives you plus one die on presence-related roles. Just to give you counter to that, there's Kink. I can't pronounce his name. Chink. Sink. Yep. Chink. Yep. Chink. Chink yields. No, not chink. Chank. Chank. Or shank. Shank. Shank yields. He's age 51. 
It's the father of Harika and uh, the proprietor of an all-night uh, Glukic. Actually, I think it's pronounced jank, but anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know what this is. And it's an all-night place. We are ignorant. <laughs> and we're not German. Sorry. Uh, but it's, it's all right. We can get past that. But he's, he's a heavyset, mature survivor. Tough guy. He's 51. He's had a full life. He has a daughter he's looking after, and he has a grandbaby that he's looking out for, too, in the middle of this explosive anarch turmoil. And he's just a mortal, right? He's just a, a bystander. Right. His blood f- provides the first use of fortitude in a scene is free. This kind of makes sense. And to me, it, it attaches an emotional pathway. I've always felt that a vampire, the blood you feed on, tells the life of the person you're feeding from. Yeah. And whenever I've ever done a feeding scene, that's what it was. Because otherwise, what's the point of it? It has to be something that fuels the curse that's in the body. Right. And, and here they give you something that's tangible to it. And, and we're getting back to our, our review of the, the, the rules, the alpha, where one of the things that's always been missing from this game is the tale of the vampire and the blood. Right. That's been sorely missing. And it seems to me the reason why they would add these little these little interesting tidbits, these little things, it's it's because like that should be our focus. Like yes, we have all this other stuff that that all of you know and love, but let's remember your vampires. And that's the true point of the game. And to highlight the difference, you feed on Harika, you're going to get bonuses and presence rolls, but she's she's in love, she's She's very charismatic and happy, and you could feel all that and taste all that in the blood. And what might that taste like? Right. Maybe it is images of her life, according to these new rules. Right. According to V20, it's just fluid. <laughs> right, right. It's fluid and an amazing orgasmic blood times a thousand super explosives. the best drug. It's the blah, blah. Yeah, okay. I'm distracted. That's what you're saying? I'm distracted? Thanks, right. storyteller. Right, so I'm stunned for a round? Cool. All so, right. Okay, so it doesn't matter how cool this person is. It's just the person I got to feed from. It was dehumanizing you as a vampire before you even have a chance to bond. What guilt am I going to feel feeding on Harika and V20? None. I don't know her fucking life. No. I'm feeding, right. Unless you're Bob and cheat and actually apply those emotions into feeding like I love to do, you know, you, you need rules, and these rules clearly state that's what it is. In defense, they also have Requiem, which you haven't played. Shame on you. They have a whole entire book on blood talking about the relationship of the blood to the nature of the curse, the vampiric beast, and, the, and it's thick with those relationships. V5 said, okay, you don't necessarily want just Requiem. You want the old system updated. That's where this is coming from. Right. They strongly are pulling from Requiem because they want to hammer one thing home that they did in Requiem and are bringing it to your attention. You're a monster. You're cursed. It shouldn't be a... Yes, it tastes good, right? Mm-hmm. You have to feed. But then you're also going to get the guilt of it. Right. Feel and taste their life slipping through them. And maybe you don't want to kill them now. And you have that option. And that's a little long-winded, but I, I had to hammer that home. Because I, I feel like 20 years I've been screaming it. Right. Here it is in your face. Now, uh, as we go through, there's also going to be a number of things that um, they, they point out. I just want to make a note of this. They have like the little drawings that <laughs> yep. whatever whatever storyteller was running this with whatever players they got their little sketches out to you know explain the this. siege of golden gate right if you thought white wolf was using some super 3d awesome map table costing four grand and like nah this is a notepad yeah and some circles and some lines same as you would right. do to show some streets i think it's awesome it's right. very humbling that they did it to show that yes it's a fun game so going through, um, your characters have to maneuver to Golden Gate, and there's a whole shitload of peril there. 
Um, I, I don't want to get super deep into it, but there are a ton of different encounters that you can have. And just going into this building, which is on fire, can kill you. And they flat out state like even the cool way to get there. You can go by a rooftop. Yeah, that's unique. Right. That blew my mind when I read that because I read this reverse. I read this review because mm-hmm. this was hated. Right. You know, by you know, it was eleven people I was reading just had a lot of bad shit to say about this. And I was like, you know me. Well, then let me weigh in. Like, what? Come on, how right. bad is it? And I like looking to the positive in artistic endeavors. But right. then when I read the rules, it made sense. Potence level one, right? That's when it helps you do these great. Or was it level two? I think I it's level two. two. But it helps you do these great leaps. And then it was like, wow, well, then we're getting into the fact that being a vampire, there's literally a distinction between who you were as a human to who you are as a vampire now. Not only do you, don't, do you not get tired, you're ninja anime leaping from rooftop to rooftop knowing one thing. The predator in you, and this is me being fantastical, enjoy it. Uh, this is you pointing out my whole horrible flaw, but I'm like, be a vampire was always the bat, wasn't it? Right. It was like kind of turning towards the bestial creatures of the night. Uh, bats on the roof you never look up but then these guys are are leaping rooftop to rooftop is there is there any movie with vampires besides like um near dark where that like vampires aren't like matrix leaping from rooftop to rooftop like uh, you've seen it underworld it's right it's a very common they flew in lost boys yeah but they also had the bad characteristics right right, which is right um god i'm hard pressed with that dustal dawn didn't no but that's because they were all stuck in a pyramid in an Aztec pyramid of sacrificial right, doom. Right. Okay, so I don't think they did either. In like uh, John Carpenter's vampires interview with a vampire, but but anyways, it's it's a common trope. No, nope, because because the dude the, the the leader jumped like twenty feet in the air flying after a guy. Right. Remember that? So, so there it is. That's that's uh, it's not a big deal. Vampires. We don't have to devolve into an action movie for you to jump from rooftop to rooftop. It's, but it's cool that they include it. Right. Absolutely makes sense. You kind of so, like a master of the city, and I mean maybe that's me. And you should, because you are. There it is. You know, that, I mean, that's, you know, even when you're the recently embraced pud, you're not just a pud. You're a vampire. Remember that Bruja Discipline that they made a combo one? It was like a high up potence meets athleticism. Yeah. It was um, like Bruja Parkour. It was like a super high level, too, I believe. And you but, didn't, uh, and, and you were like, that's really, it's a cool way to travel. But this made me think of, well, now in V5, it's like, imagine packs of Bruja. Right. Like, we got to go help our buddy? Oh, that's going to be a scary scenario of watching descending speed monsters coming out of... No, absolutely. We're ahead of the curve. I'm excited. But <laughs> so... Stick with that. Um, no, basically, you know, they, go, they have to go into this club. It's a very perilous situation. It's on fire. And not only is it on fire, but there's just, like, super SWAT dudes everywhere bleeding victims flashbang grenades people bitching at people even swat yelling at one another trying to figure out chaos right and and why is why is this written that way well i mean obviously there's a bit of a plot here but at the same time it's to put you in the most harrowing scenarios so the storyteller has the opportunity to make you roll for these things to to experience the possibility of frenzy to get into a combat like it's the, a no-brainer. hold? Right. It's that we're we're testing the system here. You know, it, I feel like if this had been presented as a video game and said, "Hey, here's level one. Test it out for us and see what happens," people would be like, "Oh, yeah, I totally get it. It's just like a uh, it, yeah." There's there's a lot of there's not a lot of time to storytell and a lot of time to get into trouble, but it's done that way on purpose. It makes sense. So. 
they talk about, you know, what happens if your characters get caught? What happens if they get arrested? It's all right there for you. Then they talk about going inside and they talk about dealing with the SI and, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. So then they talk about firefights. Um, you know, firing weapons and things like that. I mean, about firefights, the term of bad idea, right? Yeah. It's not, not a great idea. Um, da, 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 going through there. Then, you know, so the rest of this is basically going through this club. The, they again, give you potential victims, people that you could feed from. And, um, you go through this whole, this whole room, you know, here's all the little maps that they drew out fantastic and then finding andre and what what do they do with andre well they can try to revive him because it would seem as if he's in torbor and then they talk here about the the fact that like blood isn't just like drop some traits in his mouth and you know they talk about well you know maybe if we let him drain a human completely dry it'll wake him up maybe if we do two it'll let him wake him up and they talk about how long that takes. You know, it can take up to 15 minutes to completely drain a person um, without tools. The fastest they can do it is nine, three kindred feeding on uh, at once um, and then feeding Andre. Um, and it's interesting why, why, and this cracks me up that they have it directly how long it takes to feed. We've seen this in our game online. That's because it's a hotly contested how long does it take to feed from someone. And they used to have a system where it was like if you're feeding in combat, and I shouldn't say used to, it's the rule. Uh, feeding in combat, one blood trait per round. But otherwise, it's three traits right. per action, right? And it's like, oh, well, why the distinction? Why the huge difference? I always took it as it's just how much blood you can get quickly. Right. You know, are you being messy about it? Are you being, you know, deliberate? And it matters. But in here, they're like, fine, you need a metric? Here's a metric. Mm-hmm. Well, I talk about, too, um, him being in Torpor. Basically, these ignorant... This ignorant coterie, they don't know shit from Shinola, except from one of them. It knows basically once he's in Torpor, he's in Torpor. And they, they tell us here, it's going to take him about a month to get out. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what the bottom line is. Um, and they talk about how, you know, if the characters escape, where they should go. And now we, we move on to scene three. We have a body and we have to get to safety by dawn. Um, and again, there's chaos everywhere. And it is incredibly hard for anyone to hide, especially a coterie, when you're carrying a corpse. You're basically carrying a bag of dead weight. Um, and they go through the, the process, and there's a couple of different scenarios um, about where they can go and what they can do to hide. And then we talk about decision time. The players have a big decision to make. Their clearest options are sell out to the Anarchs. Andre is obviously a great bargaining chip. Go to the ground. Hope to hide from the Inquisition and the Anarchs until this all blows over. Or escape. Try to reach Hamburg, Brussels, Vienna, or even Paris. Uh, so, basically, your characters will have the opportunity to make a decision there. So, pardon us for sort of like waxing over this, but if and you're going to play through it, you're right. going to you're gonna want to play through it. It's already free, but, you know, we're not getting paid to do this in that regard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... Right. And it, uh, they talk about uh, the hunting grounds. Um, there's a bunch of different places that your characters, uh, the players can take their characters to go and find blood to feed to because clearly they're going to have to. So let's talk about that for a second. 
Mm-hmm. Why are they giving you all these sections about what the players can do and not do? Simply put, because this is also a chance to get new people involved right. in the game that you have. And it's also a center that's real quick. It's designed for you to pick up and be anywhere and give it a shot. The rules, they're trying to say, they're trying to see if it's as simple as they believe they made it. So that anybody can easily pick right. up, understand them, and get it on the go as well. Again, it's an alpha. And that's the point of it. But when you go through this and you're thinking vampire, be critical. That's what you're supposed to do. Be critical as a player and as a storyteller to go, well, how fun would that be? Mm-hmm. You know, it mentions in this hunting grounds, remember, there's 10 potential victims we've already mentioned in sidebars, and splice up kind of their names and right. who they are and what they could do. You got an idea of what we're going for, for a victim, but it's Berlin. You know where they're at. Make it interesting. I think another thing, too, that really um, I feel is a really great addition to this, and I think that every storyteller regardless of what version of this game that they're running. Just because your character, your player's vampire, goes out and hunts somebody and kills them, that's a human being. Every single person that that vampire feeds on or kills or ruins their life through you know action or inaction, that's a human being. And there's never in the history of this game been presented, hey, here's a list of people that your vampires could potentially feed off of. And here's a very brief summary about them to emphasize the fact that they're human beings, that you're taking something from them and it's affecting you physically. And did you kill them? Did you leave them to live? What did you do? How has that interaction affected them? And you can, you can create major stories just out of Picking a name here with some description. Now, I feel like this is a great idea to do, even if you're not playing V5, to help you iron out your world. There are human beings there. So, anyways. You know what humans do when someone dies? It is a point to crack in this, too. I want to see someone dies. Imagine in your neighborhood, you're getting out of your car after a long day at work or home from school or college, whatever your scenario is, and it's dusk. And you look over and you see that, when we say it's dusk, it's an hour past dusk. And someone in the neighborhood, you may or may not have seen several times, but it's in your neighborhood, falls over and it looks like some guy's necking on him in the corner, right? And then he walks away, just lets the person fall and walks away. I don't know many people who would just leave that person to lie there. You know, there'd be something. I'm not saying you're walking over to help. You're definitely calling the cops. You're definitely taking a photo or calling out or doing something. But a lot of people like to act like, hey, that's normal. Mm -hmm. They fall. I don't care. And it's not going to bother me. Hell yeah, it's going to bother you. You live here. What if tomorrow's you? Right. You, know, you have no idea. You want that guy caught, at the very least, be selfish about it. Right. And be honest. Those elements are what is the strength of human beings. You know? That's why it's like if you're going to feed in anybody, a lot of times you tell a vampire's told, don't, don't go to a residential area and decide to do something. And that quickly becomes a mob situation. Yeah. It's bad news for you. You know, go somewhere where they're at, seduce draw two in any way capacity, you know, make a friend, whatever you got to do. Right. And uh, the point is, though, in V5, it's almost doubly so because rousing the beast is a thing. And, you know, the more of those hunger dice you got, the more you're not going to have a choice but to frenzy. Right. And it's bad day vampire. And because, you know, it's going to cause a problem. Right. It's, it definitely seems like a much more potentially lethal system. And you, you are definitely, there's a power to the vampire, but it's finite before you step past that boundary of keeping control of your shit and losing your shit. You're going to win that fight, but look at the long game. Right. 
Um, also, one other thing that they talked about here, too, that I thought was a really interesting addition. They talk about surveillance and they talk about how within like a four block radius of this location, the government has complete and total surveillance and that any information that's passed along those those lines. Now the government has access to and every one of those phones, you're, you're looking at three months of surveillance. So. It, you have to get into this new mindset, especially as a player. If you're playing a young vampire, you got to get in the know. You got to get on your game and realize, like, okay, why do we have vampiric powers? Well, we've got a cell phone, so fuck it. Who cares? Like, I don't need. <laughs> to, I, don't, I don't need to use these powers. No, it totally has the. Your now your aspects and your ability to communicate telepathically is a way better idea than making a cell phone call or sending a text message. Right. You know, and going, man, that Primogen, when he fucking, you know, when he fanged Tommy the other night, okay, what the hell does that mean? Let's watch this person. Anyways, brief aside. It's paranoia. Right, absolutely. There should be paranoia, especially in the modern age. Um, so they go, they go in, give you some more information, and again, they continue to give you options Okay, if you pick A, what do you do? If you pick B, what do you do? If you pick C, what do you do? Pretty standard module stuff. A leads to this, B leads to that. There you go. Um, then they give us uh, some information about the potential anarchs that we see, the uh, the the escaping. You 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 can read through all this stuff, but um, they they give you basically all the information that you need, and they give you a wealth of characters. So clearly feeding is a very important aspect of this playthrough to have so many different people. Then they give you the opposition forces where they lay out some of the information about the second inquisition and the players in that group that are going to be a danger to the players. The one thing I didn't really understand, um, and I hope that there's some explanation later on down the road how they have ghouled dogs. Like, I just don't understand like how they're feeding vampiric blood to dogs. So uh, it struck me as a little odd. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's uh, right here under the, um, all the second inquisition stuff, the chaplain, the trooper, and then the ghoul dogs fed on vampire blood. I don't really understand. Oh, we're being silly. I mean, that, that's almost an inference, isn't it? No, it just says for sure. Right. Well, I mean, when I'm saying by inference, they're in, a, in the middle of a revolt, right? Right. But I don't know how prevalent. Like, I'm, I, I will hold my, 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 my scorn until I read, like, okay, what's really going on? Because I don't know the depth of the story involved. The way, the way I took that when I saw that, it was that, uh, you know, there's an anarch revolt. There's war going on, and the dogs were in use. And then mm -hmm. these guys are still there, because it's one night. Right. These guys are still in use rounding up. So if dogs were over there fucking eating somebody, snacking on some blood, getting their getting their groove on, right? That's what it is. It didn't say they're controlled. Suppose it makes them more aggressive that they had vampires, and I kind of get behind that what you're saying though. But for the purposes of the module, uh, yeah, it's it's whatever. Um, <laughs> so then we uh, finally we get we we get a breakdown of the different characters that your players can play. I can't believe you're just going to ignore foot. What am I going to ignore? The character Foot. Who is Foot? I'm sorry. Foot. I, I didn't ignore him. I accidentally skipped. Foot is the Geta Fenris Lupine from the Grunwald set. I totally missed that. I'm sorry. I can't believe it. 
You, you well, take us back. Show me the error of my ways, because uh, I'm apparently a. So basically, they were talking about in here. It's a just no a little thing about when bitch. people choose to to uh, travel or try to escape. They talk about on foot. His name isn't foot. I'm laughing, <laughs> calling him foot, uh, because they really don't name him. Right? It's yeah. Just a get, and they describe him still. The lupines aren't gone. They're there, and it's only one. But for whatever reason, if they try to leave on foot, this get offenders comes for him, and he's gonna get him. And I'm laughing because of his stats. Rage is still there. His rage is an eight. Mm-hmm. That's a rage-filled motor scooter. Fucking pissed off that you were walking. Yeah. That's what's going on. Fortitude and potency of three, pretty typical when dealing with lupines. are going to have some of them mid-ground badass. Nine health levels. Right. Great. It's a lovely guy. And everything basically says you die. <laughs> right? He's a ten die pool no matter what. Right. Five in physical, five in combat. Don't walk up to him. It's one of those things that was like, oh, you're, you're, you're going to lose. But they don't necessarily explain rage. They're just like, oh, yeah, he's got some rage. And yeah, he can kind of, all right, fine. It's rage and he can spend rage. He can get extra actions like up to two extra around. For what? It doesn't even cut. Basically, it's like uh, he's going to kill them. All right. How do you know? Because at the very end of it, they go, good luck, exclamation point, and capital letters, the end. Right. <laughs> They're really like, yeah, you're going to kill him? Vio con Dios. Right. So the werewolf seems to be the gatekeeper. <laughs> That's what happens. That's how you keep him in line. I've always adored that. That out of nowhere, there's always going to be a gatekeeper who's at this time. So let's let's uh, let's just break down our opinions about this, right? So having done a review, uh, and I'll go first because I think this will take the most scorn and shame. Having done the review of Berlin by Night in one of our previous podcasts not too long ago, this is a thousand times better than the module in the back of that book just from from every perspective like for sure that that is and it's funny to me that they even reference it like I, if i was running white wolf i'd be like yeah that thing that, whatever that's a fever dream <laughs> um but that's just me um but i i like that it, it it's not a complete book you know that's what we have to remember this is a cross section of what's been presented and it's presented in such a way so that we can test the system so far for issues, for problems. I agree. <laughs> I adore it. I also like that the opposition forces, they give you little sneak peeks into it. Mm -hmm. And you know it more when you see the characters, right? For right. instance, the second Inquisition, they use dark ignition tracer rounds yeah. to shoot. And they make it a point to tell it's hollow point bullets filled with white phosphorus that ignites on impact right that's that's it that's the effect right? what do they call the vampires like black dots or something like that yeah i actually think it is black dots remember it's a reference to the fact that when they use their infrared it doesn't they don't show up at right all. and they use it on purpose and they installed this at checkpoints right which i like to in the city i mean that's how you know the second inquisition isn't just they're just a secret group of church going people it right. seems like now they're government back jack we're at airports making sure we know when you black dots are coming through and we got people to handle you Right. So, like, it's there, and uh, these guys are here to bear. They have the Inquisitor, which is Colonel Amanda Wrecker. I, I love names like that, that, that are in there. And they talk about that she's, the Ger she's German equivalent to the NSA undercover hunter, right? So right. an Inquisitor is straight up a hunter. They don't even fuck with that. A fervent Catholic and former SIG intelligence officer. Her career stalled due to her delusions of conspiracy in high places i.e. Vampire, vampire Control. Right. And in the second Inquisition, I guess she becomes a hierarchy after that. But she's big into counterterrorism. So what they're highlighting is the fact that, okay, so we're still not fully on board. We're government-backed. 
we got we, we've increased our hold right we're aware of a threat but these people still got to keep it under wraps to a level yeah it definitely seems like there there is a secret going on here with the vampires that's their masquerade and there's a secret over here with the hunters and that's you know their own alex jones-esque like you know there's vampires and they're they control everything from the darkest recesses. Okay, nobody's going to believe you. But at the same Ever. time, you know for sure these are fucking vampires. These are dead things. So we, give a, we get a little bit of a hint here. We get a little bit of an understanding of what we're working against. Yeah, underbarrel steak launcher. <laughs> Common issue for them. <laughs> right. We've, we've, up, we've upgraded our shit. <laughs> we're not fucking around, right? That's right. what this says the entire time. So... Why I want to go back and mention it is only because when you look at what they give as regular troopers and whatnot, they give people, I won't say 100% realistic because you got to tailor it to your own style, but the fact is, it's made to where vampires are badass, but the mortals now, with their tech, you don't want to fuck around with getting caught, and that's the point. And if you're going to get caught, then you need to know how to deal with that fast in a hurry, and or maybe think your way through it before you decide to just go ham right. And but But in this game... You may not have an opportunity because that frenzy's a bitch. All right. What what it really says to me, or what I'm what I'm kind of understanding about it, and and that's based on this and both the online conversations. There really is no acceptable way that the masquerade could continue to exist in its traditional form due to our modern technology, and so there has to have been a like back to the drawing board, but also there still is a sort of masquerade because. Let's face it. Panic is what it is. And people are not going to believe regardless of what you show them. You know, if the first thing I do when someone's like, dude, check out this video. I'm like, okay, how is that fake? What, you know, what, let's go, let's prove it's fake. That, that's reaction number one, skepticism. But what it's done for me is it's, it's created an interest. I want to know, okay, what's happened? What's, how has this changed? So I'm, I'm eager to to see I, i'm eager to await how this game is going to change for the better i'm stoked for that gehenna war yeah i want to know what the hell that is and i really i, I kind of hope i don't care if i in the last few minutes and it's nerds, damn it i hope the gehenna war is just a bot saying fuck you and they take on everyone <laughs> they're just like like i mean like mortal prop it's a police station it's getting whacked right oh you got you got ammo no now we got ammo and by the way we embraced your cops but bring it right and the second inquisition is formed from the ashes of that why does it make sense? Because they've tried it with their little shadow war, right? We've seen that in days, but really you're making chunks at the at cam. You've killed some elders, but then almost overnight, they always fuel back up. Damn near take over city that you thought you had. The only way to stop that is to rip apart the masquerade and everything in it. You know, right. I'm not saying it's the wise choice, but I'm saying they would have to do it as an organization. Well, if there's a Gehenna army in the Gehenna war, well, all right. Cool. Yeah. To what effect? And I'm hoping. So for me, the biggest takeaway here is, is this meant to be like a polished walkthrough with a, you know, vast story and beginning, middle and end? No, it's a, it's an alpha walkthrough. It's, it's not, it's not meant to be like, that was great. No, I mean, it serves its purpose. It, it is what it is. And personally, call this old age, call this maturity, call it what you will. I am excited because this game is going to change. I am excited because there, it seems like it's not just a, oh, let's slap a new coat of paint on it and move forward. 
I don't I don't need to continue to play a game for 25 years in the same exact way. Bring it up to the modern. Give us some new rules. Give us some new ideas and concepts. Change this story and bring it to a modern audience. And because of my maturity or my old age or whatever, I'm I'm quite excited about it. Like I I want to see what's going to happen. I want to know what's going to be different. For sure. And you know what? If it stinks, well, you know, there's always V20. No big deal. Right. You know, you definitely have a fallback V20, Requiem Second Ed. Right. There's uh there's they got a ton of product. Right. You know, the thing is though, again, this is not a game of I win. No. And I, and I, this is what I love about the rules. They highlight, by the way, you're cursed. Yeah. Yeah. This you're is cursed. this is not this is not a game for you to win ever. This scenario, your lover has been put to torpor. You got to hopefully save him. Now you got to save yourself from everything that's coming for him. Now you got to save you from the Anarchs that are coming. Right. And even the scenario in here, the Anarchs are hardcore. That end, it's a module. I don't care if I ruin it for the listeners. You can hate me. Send Nick <laughs> comments. It'll be great. But they go through. They have that, uh, that cool Anarch room where there's like nothing but graffiti in the back wall. And it's two steel doors that they got to open to walk in. It's concrete walls all around. That to me is awesome. And it's like called an Anarch Freedom Council, something like that, where it's just people got pissed off and they're like, cool, we're the council that decides now on what happens. But the council's at each other's throats when they get marched in because they got a priest of Cain there on behalf of the church. Because remember, they were marginalized, right? Right. And told, fuck you, you're just as bad as the Anarchs. And he's like, nah, this dude's ours. That guy in Torpor, his ass is mine. And they're like, no, we get him first and blah, 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 blah. And then there's a cool headed guy that's like going, yeah, that's cool. Hey, guys, they're here. Chill the fuck out. Just that smooth, right? Different opinions, varying points, but the council is the council. Right. And, you know, the one thing they do in that scenario, which I thought was awesome, players don't get a choice. <laughs> I love that. It's No, it's ironclad. This whole story was written on, you might get to live. Right. It didn't say you will. No, absolutely not. And, you know, that I won't ruin. But I will tell you, you don't get away unscathed. You know, you, in fact, that's at all. You, you, right. You, you're there. And so why do I think that's cool? Well, if you're going to play somebody who's done nothing but skullduggery and backstabby, been a shitty little person to, you know, you didn't make this character, but you're playing this character in this module, the comeuppance are there. Eventually, they were going to get at you the moment you fell from the top. It's the truth in everything. Right. You know? And so that, because of that, it highlights that um, when revolutions occur, results happen. And if you were in the way of that and you didn't win... You didn't win. Right. You know, not everybody gets a trophy. No, no, you end up hitting the margins and that's the end of you. But you do get XP. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Well, all right. Uh, I mean, that's about it. I think final thoughts. Um, definitely check it out. Run it with your players and, you know, see how it works for you. Keep an open mind, people. That is the point of this. For sure. We are all growing together and we are, we are, the game we enjoy is being updated. Um, try it out. Keep an open mind. Share it with your players. Do your thing. If you like it, tell us why. If you don't, we'd love to hear your opinions. Leave comments on the site. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook, Utility Muffin Labs. Um, until next week or later tonight, whichever comes first. Uh, I'm Nathan. I'm Bob. <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you later. Yeah.